Hi. Hello. How's it going? My name's Saf, and this is a maturing amateur. We are back. We are back to your irregularly scheduled programming. That's right. Another random uh, episode, just because I feel like it, and that's how I'm treating this podcast. And some people have messaged me saying that they listened to the episode uh, or the podcast, and, and they they've liked it. And it's a very, a very small number of people that have done that, but. Um, uh, it's nice. It's nice to know that some people are listening to me talk for up to up to an hour, and they find the uh, content interesting. Unless they're lying to me, then you know nobody finds it interesting. But that's uh, I'm going to choose not to believe that. I'm going to choose to believe that they find it interesting because that is the reality I'd like to live in. How about you? Let's hopefully agree on a mutual reality here. Okay, so um, just to get into it, um, because we don't have much time. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about a few different things. I think uh, one thing I'd like to go into a bit is emotional maturity. It's a topic that I find um, interesting, and it's um, I think something that's important to all of us, and a skill that I'm still working on for sure. And I'm trying to get a better better understanding. So I'm not talking about this from a place of like, oh, I know what emotional maturity is. And like, I'm going to tell you guys, this is how you do it. It's like, uh, I'm like now figuring out like how, why it's important and, and realizing that I'm not great and I need to get better. So, you know, I'm a maturing amateur, you know, I'm always figuring stuff out and I'm not here to, to, you know, give you the answers at the end of the test. I'm here to just write the, write the test and share you my, share you my answers that I'm not sure about yet. <laughs> so, uh, emotional, emotional maturity. Um, so, I mean, going to, to therapy definitely has been one thing that, um, has made me more aware of what emotional maturity actually means. And, uh, you know, diving into <laughs> TikTok rabbit holes as well about emotional maturity and, and watching YouTube videos about it. Uh, the school of life has a lot of good ones, um, that I really like. And uh, it sparked some ideas and, and uh, I started to see where I was lacking emotional maturity and how it was making my life harder or like hurting people uh, around me and, and stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I should probably start like focusing on like getting better at that because I don't want to hurt the people that I like, you know. Um, so I, I, I started. I started working on it, started trying to figure it out. Um, again, obviously therapy helps with that. And uh, talking and learning more about ego also helped. That's something I might talk about later on as well. And and then also um, when once you kind of figure out, not figure out ego, but once you kind of have an idea of ego and understand it, then I started to feel um, an increased amount of empathy for people and for myself. And so empathy is something also I might want to talk about later. Uh, but emotional maturity. Um, so... <laughs> Just because I, I like to jump around, I, I have quotes again that I am going to kind of jump and weave in and out of. Um, so uh, just, just just to start, I think emotional maturity to me, uh, there's different levels to emotional maturity. Um, there's, to me, I think there's emotional awareness, like knowing how you feel. Um, that itself is an own, its own uh, skill to have recognizing a feeling i i had the hardest time recognizing feelings within myself like i didn't know if like what i was feeling was sad or if what i was feeling was like anger or like why i didn't feel when i should have been feeling kind of things and like so i i, I always said i was like not in tune with my emotions or like um feelings were always weird to me um and so i started trying to become more aware of that and and being honest about okay I'm uh, yelling right now, or like I feel like yelling. Is that because I'm angry or because I'm sad about something or I'm like even hungry about something? Like at least me start recognizing my actions and my like or my my reactions, my instincts. Why are those happening if I don't want them to happen? Um, and then finding the source of that. And sometimes yeah, it's often like being uh, either upset or angry about something or feeling insecure about something often as well. Um, and so that's the first step is emotional awareness. And I think finding out how to feel emotion is, is a weird skill. I still don't have it mastered, obviously. But um, people say like feeling it within your body, you know, when you feel kind of your um, your your hands kind of like shake a little bit or your, you know, 
you kind of just like feel tight or uncomfortable and and then like the, the, but that's like anger kind of underneath if you're like pushing it down so much trying to suppress it but like it it's there you know it, it obviously doesn't happen often but sometimes i'm like i don't know what was that i don't even know what i was feeling i don't know and now I like realize that what kind of those things mean, which makes me sound so out of touch with emotions. But, you know, that's where I started. And I think I've gotten to the point where I can recognize most of my emotions now as they come up. Um, I, and then I also think that it starts to extend to other people. You become more aware of how other people feel, too. Like when you can recognize it within yourself, when someone else is maybe yelling at you, you're like, OK, well, they had a bad day or they... Um, you know, something bad happened in the last like week or two or whatever. And they're obviously like upset. And sometimes it's easier to be angry than it is to be upset because anger, you can direct in a direction. You could say, I'm throwing my anger this way. Uh, feeling upset, you kind of just have to sit with it on your shoulders and it's just, it's heavy and it's hard to carry. So it's easier to, to throw it at somebody. Um, yeah. So that's emotional awareness. And then after that, I think, is emotional intelligence, which is, to me, um, something that I do way too much of. I intellectualize my emotions. I'm like, okay, I feel this emotion. I recognize I feel this emotion. Now, why do I feel that? Where is that stemming from? Let me find, uh, you know, a trigger from my past or let me find, um, you know, some type of explanation as to why, you know, I'm in a bad mood, right? Um I got really good at that and it, it went too far to the point where I was like, none of my emotions are like that important because I can intellectualize them and like basically belittle them. Like, oh, there's a reason that I feel that way. And like, you know, that's not really a good reason. So I shouldn't feel that way. I started, you know, over intellectualizing my emotions, which is not good because it devalues them. It's like, oh, you know, the reason that you feel that way is like a petty or like a dumb thing. Like you you don't think that people should be upset about things like that, but you are, you know? And, uh, and so it's kind of like a value judgment. Um, yeah. So that emotional intelligence is trying to decipher like where this emotion is coming from and, you know, whether that means diving into your past or, um, thinking about past relationships and how those were handled and stuff. And that I think therapy had helped with that, but just like general reflection, writing in a journal, looking back in my journal and being like, okay, I was thinking about this stuff in the past or this seemed to really bother me like a year ago. Maybe I can start to see a trend here, like a certain type of thing bothers me a lot. Um, and now I can like recognize patterns of behavior or patterns of reactions and feelings and then see like, okay, well, it's because I value this thing. I value, you know, respect or honesty or something. And that's why I keep getting upset and maybe that's okay maybe i'm allowed to be upset if someone's not valuing those things with me but now i know why or it's like i'm insecure i was insecure about something and that's why i was doing that kind of negative behavior and i don't want to you know let in my insecurities control my life so i'm gonna try to get rid of that behavior and get you know um and like now understand that that emotion that happens with that isn't coming from a bad place and i have to like try not to you know not a bad place but a place that i don't want in control of my life um, and then you know treating it that way so that that's emotional intelligence to me and then after emotional intelligence would be emotional maturity for me and emotional maturity is when you are able to help in, in a healthy way express how you feel not doing it in a way that your emotions pour out and and splash and tsunami onto somebody else, but doing it in a way that is healthy, that doesn't harm you, that doesn't harm the people around you, that doesn't, um, you know, harm the relationships that you have with people. Because that's, you know, what's the point? What's the point of, um, you know, arguing and, and fighting with people that you love, right? Um, or that even, you know, you don't love them, but if you like them, like you, you don't want them to be upset, right? You don't want to be upset. Um, it would be much better better if we were both happy. So let's maybe, you know, value these kind of things and, and value um, expressing our emotion in a healthy way where it doesn't hurt people. And I think that's difficult. I think it's difficult because it requires you to say that although I'm upset about something, because this person did do something wrong. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But let's say they did. They did something wrong. I'm upset about it. And they seem to be apologetic. Or maybe they don't. They don't. I don't know. But I love this person. Or I care about this person. Right? I don't want them to also be upset. Because I'm upset. I want them to know that they made me upset. And that, 
you know, I would want them to not do that thing again, but I don't want them to be upset too. Because I know that I don't like being upset. Why would I want someone that I love or care about to also be upset, right? So I think that's really difficult to do. And, you know, when you're, when someone wrongs you, it's also like, it's nice to be mad about it, you know? It's nice to be um, in the right. I feel like I already talked about this, but <laughs> it's nice to be in the right and um, and be mad at them and because it's, it's a time where your emotions are being validated. I've definitely said this already, but um, your emotions are validated and it, that feels good because that doesn't happen often, especially or especially if it didn't happen in your lifetime uh, or you're in, in your childhood, you weren't your emotions weren't being validated. It's nice when you can be angry and, and the person feels bad because your emotions are being validated. So um, for some people like that's the only time that they, it gets validated, you know. So, so they use it often because no one respond. The people don't respond to other stuff, or um, you know, they don't receive the other emotions that they'd like, or they don't. Sorry, they don't get their other emotions validated, or they can't validate their own emotions. Often is the the main problem. Uh, you have to be able to validate your own emotion and then deal with it. Not in a, that emotion is bad, but you know, deal with it in a healthy way. Sorry, I had a sub earlier. Um, and, and then chocolate milk. Sub and chocolate milk in a bag of chips. That's the combo I get from Subway. Am I... What's wrong with me? <laughs> Who gets chocolate milk with their sub? You know? Is that milk with your sub? Is that normal? It is like other people do that, but I like chocolate milk so much. You know what I mean? Chocolate milk is like a goat beverage because it's you know, milk and milk. We used to drink milk all the time as a kid. And now I don't really drink milk. I, I don't, it feels like, a, you know, a kid thing to do. But chocolate milk, I think is like a, it's like so silly. It's such a silly concept that it doesn't even feel like it's like, you know, like a, associated with childhood. It's like ice cream. You can still have ice cream when you get older, but you're not going to have like, you know, a ring pop when you're older, <laughs> you know, how many, when's the last time you had a ring pop? Maybe you had one recent, recently. I mean, Halloween was not too long ago, but like you, you've had cake and ice cream more recently than you've had a ring pop for sure. You know what I mean? But chocolate milk is one of those things that you can still have. And it's mostly accepted, but not by everybody. Because sometimes I've, I've brought that to work and people are like, you're drinking chocolate milk with your subway. And I'm like, yeah, is that, I didn't even realize that it was weird until they said it to me. So now I know it's weird, but I, that's what I did. And it makes me burp. So I apologize. And, and sun chips. Sun chips are also a go-to go to chip. Come at me, bro. So, yeah, emotional maturity. That's, um, I think it's a good goal to have. It's a lofty goal, and a lot of people don't achieve it. I, I meet tons of adults all the time that haven't achieved it, um, you know, at work or at um in my personal life or, you know, strangers or even celebrities you see online and politicians and stuff. It's, it's, it's rampant. It's rampant. Um, and I feel like sometimes wars <laughs> happen for it because of greed and people's ego gets in the way of doing the right thing. And they just want to protect how they feel. And they think they're the most important and that other people deserve a worse life than they do kind of thing. Like it, 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 it all stems from that. It's all stems from not being able to love yourself, which is, you know, uh, that was the last episode that we talked about, but maybe I talked about this stuff too. It all blends together, really, and I'm always thinking about the same stuff. Um, well, it's it's a lot of a lot of stuff, but it it cycles. It cycles through my brain. Um, emotional maturity, yeah, uh, and so um, that that's the thing is that sometimes you know that emotional awareness aspect too. Like sometimes people use emotional suppression. And they're not aware of it, but their emotions are still controlling them from just without their, you know, uh, awareness. It's just in the back of their head, basically, you know, as like a puppet. Um, and they don't even know. And they're doing things that they actually will regret or didn't want to do because their emotions are, you know, influencing them without their knowledge. You know, once you know that your emotions are influencing you, you can now kind of decide, like, okay, well, what's, what's like a reasonable thing to do, you know? Like I probably shouldn't kick, kick this person or whatever. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like I talked about emotional maturity. Did I talk about ego? Let's talk about ego. Um, mm, if you desire to be good, begin with believing that you are wicked. Epictetus said that. He's a, some type of Greek philosopher, I believe. If you desire to be good, begin with believing that you are wicked. So I, I think we all want to believe that we are good people. And I think, I think I, I'd like to think that most of us are good people. Um, but sometimes the ideal of a good person um, can be a facade for letting your emotions um, take control of, of your actions. So um, if you just believe that you're a good person de facto, like you just are, then you can justify your actions um, you know, left, right, and center. Like a gymnast, you could kind of like swing around and, and contort your, um, your self-view and, and the things that you do to match your belief that you're a good person, you know? That, yeah, I mean, maybe I, I cheated, but like she kind of like, you know, she wasn't giving me enough um, of love and, and like she was probably talking to other guys. Like, you know, someone that does that, someone that justifies a horrible thing that they did um, because their ego won't allow them to feel like a kind of crappy person. Um, so so when, if you start off by thinking, okay, you know what? I, I can sometimes be a crappy person, that I do crappy things. Sometimes my emotions get the best of me. I'm petty sometimes. I get jealous sometimes. I get envious. I, I get a little bit greedy sometimes. I want attention sometimes. Or sometimes feel like, you know, making fun of somebody makes me feel good, right? Um, or or maybe I'm not that good looking. I'm not as good looking as I think I am. And so when like, you know, people reject me, I, like I shouldn't be like, well, they were ugly anyways, you know, like sometimes people are not going to be attracted to me. That's okay. I'm not attracted, attractive to everybody, you know, um, you can get rejected and not be like a, a, an ugly person. I mean, you're just not that type, their type and that's okay. But it's like, yo, yo, you're ugly anyways, you like, you know, get over yourself. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, uh, like, obviously, why would you be attractive to every single human that exists? Like, we all have our type. We all have our, what we're interested in. So if you just start off by, like, thinking, not that, like, don't think you're ugly, but think that, you know, like, take yourself off a pedestal a little bit, a little bit, because if, unless, you know, specifically when it's, it's like altering your reality um, to too far. I think it's fine to alter your reality a little tiny bit. Like think that you're a little bit cooler than you are. That's fine. I think that's good for your confidence. But if you like put it way up there and you're doing bad stuff to people and hurting people and you still think you're a good person, uh, no, no, you gotta, you gotta like take yourself off the pedestal and, and say, okay, I'm a crappy person, but now I can accept that I have crappy parts of myself, you know, and now I can work on them. I don't have to ignore them. I can interact with them i can try to heal them and and then become a better person for it in the in the long run instead of in the short run avoiding feeling flawed you know that that's that we're all flawed you know you can't avoid that it, it comes up one way or another you know so um if you desire to be good begin with believing that you are wicked getting people to be interested in <clears throat> Getting people to be interested in you is not, oh, wow, I forget how to read when the mic is on. You guys make me nervous is all, jeez. Getting people to be interested in you is about not fishing for their attention. So it is about not fishing there for, for their attention. Um, you know, every group, every large group has one, one person that kind of fishes for attention. You know what I mean? And, you know, is always the one that's talking the most or takes over a conversation and stuff. And, and it's often not from a, um, from a place of like malice that they're like, they're, they're enjoying themselves. They're having fun and everyone else is having fun too. No one's like, Oh my God, he's talking to no, no one's thinking that. Um, you know, they're just thinking, oh, okay, you know, this is kind of how they are. That's, that's fine. But there's some people like, you know, a bit, maybe more a bit rare who are trying extra hard to take over and to get attention towards them, you know, and 
um and and they're a fine person but like they're they're being aggressive with it or they're being inconsiderate with it like they're interrupting stories with their own story kind of thing or um they like make every kind of conversation about them you know like it's fine hey like we're all you know interesting people but like you always kind of (laughs) somehow take over and like you're not you know the president that (laughs) you can do that all the time um you know, you're, we're just all, we're all the same here. We're all friends. Um, and so I don't, I, I think that the best, like, best way to be interesting is not to be that person, but to be, uh, or not to try to be that person, right? Um, just be yourself and, and ha- you know, um, don't fish for attention. Just be yourself and then people you'll will, will gravitate towards you, um, the, the people that like you. And you don't want the people that, you don't want to be around people that don't like you for you, right? You want to be people that like you for you. So just be yourself. And if it attracts people, then then that's good, right? Um, so, but if you find yourself feeling insecure in groups and you feel like you need attention, you know, recognize that. See why that why that is. Why does that happen? And see if you can, you know, stop that cycle and become more secure with yourself and then not need to do that. You can still do it if you want to do it, but now it's coming from a good place. It's not coming from a place of insecurity. It's coming from a place of like, I got stuff to say and I think it's pretty funny and people think it's pretty funny too. So like, that's why I'm saying it. Not because I feel like I'm not getting enough attention. Yeah, ego. Ego is, ego is everywhere, man. Ego is a weird thing because your ego is part of you. You know, your ego is part of is part of your shadow, and, and or, or part of your, you know, yeah, your shadow. I guess the part that you know was hurt maybe when they were younger or didn't receive what they were supposed to receive when they were younger or whatever. You know, like it's that part of you that just kind of like sits in the back. You know, it's always there, but it kind of like comes up once in a while and you push it back that part of you like that that uh that you know that's like a bully in the back of your head <laughs> and and it's trying to always kind of like keep you strong and you're like the best you know or you're not as bad as as sometimes you think you are <laughs> because you know sometimes you are you know sometimes you suck a little bit and that's okay a lot of people suck sometimes you know as long as you don't suck all the time as long as you don't suck most of the time you know sometimes Sometimes you're kind of not great, you know, and that's okay. Not everyone's great all of the time. I mean, maybe some people, but most people aren't. And you're you're most people. We're all most people because most people have to be most people, you know? (laughs) Well, most of us, at least. So, I think, yeah, I think ego is a part of emotional maturity. It's being aware of your ego because ego is sometimes a lot of, a lot of the time, the source of where emotions come from sometimes, you know, and some actions happen, um, you know, ego goes right around your kind of conscious awareness and, and causes an action to happen or a reaction or a feeling. So being aware of it, I think is important. Um, ego isn't liking who you are. It is thinking that you are better than you are. A misalignment between reality and your expectations. I think expectations can be a detriment sometimes. Only when your expectation is beyond what reality is. So if you are expecting something that doesn't exist right now, then you are now having a negative experience because things are not meeting things are not meeting your expectations. But if you if you align your expectation of what you expect with reality, which is what is, then there is no difference. And then you don't have cognitive dissonance. Things are congruent. But when you do expect more, right, the same way that if you expect that you are better than you are, now that creates a a dissonance, a, a distance between reality and expectation. And now in this specific scenario, when you think you are better than you are, you create ego. And that is what ego is, thinking that you are better than you are. And ego is propped up pretty insecurely. 
as in it's propped up by insecurities, <laughs> bars, right? It's propped up by, by these insecurities and um, people will protect it a lot because a strong enough push, a strong enough nudge will push it over and then things get come tumbling down and then your reality, then your expectation uh, starts to get closer to reality and you get afraid because you start to realize that your expectation is what you thought reality was, but it's actually not. Reality is, you know, somewhere else. Um, and then your reality, your reality of maybe your identity starts to, you know, get woozy <laughs> or get, you know, stumble a little bit like I am right now, <laughs> stumbling on my words, um, it starts to stumble. And uh, and then, yeah, things things get uh, get scary, right? And so then you will do what you have to do, even if that means hurting other people or hurting your, your yourself in the grand scheme of things um, to protect that ego. Because you, you reality shattering or your sense of self, your sense of identity shattering is too much to handle. It's too negative of a feeling, and you don't, you're, you've been avoiding this negative feeling for time, and you're not confronting it now, right? Um, and so then you you protect that ego, and, and and you try to uphold this picture of you being a better person than you are. Um, and then people, yeah, people often are hurt for it, or you don't get close with people because of it. Um, at least genuine people, two people with an ego will get along for a long time. Because their egos will just compete back and forth. But in a person with an ego, with an inflated ego, and a person with a deflated ego, like an ego that matches reality, you know, expectation that matches reality, they won't get along for very long. You know, because uh, the person with the ego can't stand the person's uh, deflated ego. They can't, st can't stand their honesty when they're honest about like, hey, you, I can recognize that your ego is talking and not you. And the person with the ego won't, won't want to hear it. And so then they... Um, separate, you know, they don't spend a lot of time together. That's what happens. Um, yeah, so so that's why ego is, uh, I think, something worth that is worth getting rid of. You know, we're not getting rid of. Obviously, there's. I don't think ego death is possible. I don't think like you should try to kill your ego. I just think it's good to like befriend it, maybe, or like take it off the pedestal, take it off the the insecurities, and you know, recognize that it's there. And recognize the insecurities that are there. Maybe try to work on, you know, work on dismantling the insecurities so that the expectation starts to match the um, starts to match the reality. You know, starts to match reality, and yet you kind of have to do that work. And that work is hard. That work hurts to confront your insecurities and then try to care for them. Um, but if you don't do that, then your entire personality can be based off of your ego. Basically, if you get too far, if you get, if your, if your expectation is so far from reality, you know, then that's becomes who you are and people start to not like you, you know, you start to notice that people space themselves from you. The ego is like a bone that grew the wrong I can read. I, I swear to God, I can read. And the ego is like a bone that grew the wrong way. That bone needs a crack, which hurts, but then starts to heal. But if we don't break it, then we will hurt in a different way for a much longer time. That's a version. That's a, I think I read some type of quote like that. I kind of made it my own. I don't know where it's from. I, I'm sorry, but um, I'm, I think I heard someone say it on a podcast. I kind of just plagiarized it. Um, yeah, it hurts to get to, to kind of crack your ego, bring your ego down a notch. It hurts to do that when you, especially when you do it to yourself, um, because you're accepting a bit of truth and, and that truth sometimes does not feel good. But if you don't do it and you let that bone, that awkward, awkward, out of place bone stay there for a long time, you're going to get arthritis, you're going to get chronic pain, you're going to need painkillers and people, you know, and you're going to complain um, about this pain all the time and um, you're going to complain about the pain but you're not going to acknowledge the broken you're not going to acknowledge the abnormal bone it's like that's that's what it's like you know if you don't acknowledge that you obviously have this abnormally grown bone some people probably have told you that even like hey like I don't know if you noticed but you have this bone here that's like kind of messing up 
you know, messing you up. And they go, and, and the person with that bone goes, no, I don't. My bones are not normal. I have normal bones. You should check your own bones, bro. Worry about your own bones. My bones are, my bones are solid. I drink milk, chocolate milk, actually. I drink chocolate milk all day with my sub, like a normal person. Yeah, that's right. So back up, dude. I got good bones. My bones are all good. Go worry about your own bones. Bone bro, you know? That's what the, they would say. And you're like, well, I mean, it. I can see the bone. I can see it. And it looks like it's hurting you. And I don't want to be here, you know, if you're not going to accept that you have a broken bone and that you want to get it, like, fixed. Because it's like poking into other people as you walk by them. And it hurts. It hurts me, you know, when you walk by and that bone stabs into me while you walk by. So... So, you know, I know you don't want to do that, right? So maybe you got to get you got to get it fixed. But that means that you have to go to the doctor, the orthopedic surgeon, and they got to use a big old hammer and crack that bone. You know, I'm not saying that's what they do, but you know, if you've ever seen ortho surgery, they they got hammers in there, but it, it takes hard work. It takes they're swinging those hammers. Have you ever seen those videos? go watch a go search up orthic orthopedic surgery hammer. And you'll watch a video of this guy hammering the tung, 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 like full force, like uh, he's hacksawing or he's, um, um, you know, hitting a baseball or, or he's like pumping a well or, you know, hitting, um, hitting a gong. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Kung, kung, um, or a gong with, I guess more so. Like hitting a bell, maybe. That's what it looks like. And it takes effort and force. And thank goodness that person has sedation so they don't feel what they're doing to them. But in this scenario, with your, your, your abnormal bone, there is no uh, sedation. There is no analgesia. You have to go through the pain with no anesthetic. Yeah, that that can you imagine that imagine how hard that is it's difficult it's not impossible you know maybe the ortho one that might be impossible because that's crazy i don't think i could survive that pain i would pass out and die from the pain but um but you the concept is there the analogy is there that you have to go through it without anesthetic you have to feel all the feelings you have to go through all the feelings but at the very end of it you won't die and your bone will be broken put back into place and fixed it, may, it won't be perfect you know it, it's not that it's going to be that you know we change time and that, that bone didn't grow abnormally it's not going to be perfect but it's going to be fixed it's going to stop hurting you as much it's going to stop hurting the people around you as much and your life will be better for it the rest of your life your long life that you still have will be better for it and even if it's for five years that you have left it's still worth it because that life is much better i promise um than than the life you had with the bone. Again, this is me talking to myself. Again, I've sounded like I'm preaching and I'm <laughs> prescribing this to you, but it's me talking to myself because this is stuff that I'm thinking about and going through and I, it helps to talk to you as me. You know, you know, normal, normal people stuff, normal people stuff, chocolate, subway, talking to you like I'm talking to me, normal people stuff. Um. There's a lot of quotes out there that are, are interesting that um that gain gain a lot of popularity. Um, so for example, <laughs> not to bring them up and and just you know calm down when you hear it. But Andrew Tate, <laughs> wait, wait, hey, wait, don't listen, listen. I'm not defending him. I'm saying he is a perfect example of a person with an inflated ego. His idea of himself is so far from reality of himself. And that's why it's so infuriating to watch him, to like, to watch him like think that he's right or knowledgeable or smart about anything when he's just like a kid, you know, he's just a kid with an ego that like got rich because his brother got rich and, and, you know, works out and, and was an ugly kid that now is, you know, attractive with and with a lot of money. He's that just that kid, you know, that's what all he is, but his ego is so inflated. But he and people like him started using these phrases to kind of bolster the incel community or people who just like kind of hate women and stuff or like not not just them. I don't know. I'm actually I'm maybe going too hard. Listen, I think <laughs> I know some people are like go harder and some people are like, come on, bro. 
Andrew Tate's the GOAT, yo. Tate, Tate for president, 2024, yo. Tate, free, free my boys Tate, yo. Free my boys Tate, yo. Like, why you gonna lock him up like that? He didn't do nothing. You know, that's, that's one side. The other side's like, um, how dare you even say his name? I haven't thought about him in two months. Now you say his name and now I have to think about that bald head? That bald bean, you know? That that shiny bean on his face, his head? I have to think, why would you, you know? And I feel both of you guys, I understand. <laughs> I understand. All I'm saying is, that's why I started to use a lot of quotes to motivate people. And some of them, you know, were motivational you know, that on that side. Um, and some guys, you know, needed to hear that they needed to work out. They need to get their stuff together and 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 work hard. And I think that there was too much of the the women stuff, and that like was just so off the mark and so emotionally immature, right? Um, but one of those quotes was, "It is better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war." And the idea behind that was that they're promoting this masculinity. They're pr- promoting this. Um, toughness. You have to be a warrior. You have to be tough. You have to fight. You have to, um, you know, not give in to emotion and uh, uh, um, gentleness. You know, it, it, you have to be gentle to be a gardener. You don't have to be gentle to be a warrior. Whereas they, they don't think you do. They think you have to work out. You have to be hard. You have to be honest. You have to be a leader. You have to, you know, do things now and, um, and not show emotion and kill, basically. Like that's what that's what they're kind of trying to say. It's better to be a warrior in a garden because you know at least you can do it. And if anything pops off, if nothing pops off, then at least you're alive. But if you aren't that, if you aren't that type of person, when you go to war, when you do actually have to end up fighting or something does go bad, then at least you can defend yourself and you can survive in the war. You know, you won't die. But the problem with that quote is that we live in 2023. Okay, we don't. We're not, I mean, who knows? We might go to be war, I don't know. War, war is always a threat, it seems like, in the, in the distant future. But right now, anytime soon, I don't think we're all going to war, you know? I don't think any of us are going to war. Obviously, I'm talking about the West, and I'm talking about, you know, us privileged people in, in you know, Canada and the U.S. and maybe other places that don't have to think about war and, and battling and, and, you know, fighting and surviving and your entire family being wiped out. We don't have to think about that. Think thankfully thankfully right but i can't speak to the other experience because i don't live it and i won't imagine to know what that's like and i'm not trying to say you know first world problems or what was me but this is the reality i live i don't live that reality and i have empathy for that reality but um i i can only speak about mine so so yeah my life i i very rarely go to war you know and I'm sure in your life you very rarely have gone to war either physically like actually or even um you know metaphorically and so, you know, and if you do go, sometimes people do go to war a lot. Some people get into fights a lot and that's just kind of their life. And that's unfortunate. And sometimes they do have to develop uh, a warrior mindset. And you often do. People who go through a lot of hardship, you see that they're not, they're not usually gentle anymore. When they've been through a lot, they, they get, they get jaded. They get, um, they get angry. You know, they get frustrated with people. They, they get impatient. You know, that happens to people. They become warriors, right? You, you see their gentleness fade away the more that they're, treated like a warrior and so um it but they're not usually not happy right they don't seem a lot of them don't seem happy um but the people who have gentleness in their life they have love in their life they have care they have empathy they have warmth in their life sometimes you can see those people and they're just full of life they're bright they're vibrant their positivity leaks into other people like nobody nobody hates them and if they hate them then they're jealous but almost nobody's jealous of them because they're just like so humble about it too and they're gentle, they're patient with people, they give love to everybody, it's not like they like only reserve it for people that they like, well, you know, you should probably mostly reserve for people like that you like, but they're not like afraid to give love or show love, like those people, those are the gardeners, and I think in the world right now, where we don't really go to war that much, we need more gardeners than we need warriors, to be honest, you know, I think the world could use more gardeners, there's maybe too many warriors in office, too many warriors in politics, too many warriors in in, in the in the military and too many warriors, you know, maybe if the world would be a little bit, I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have any warriors. Obviously, we should have some warriors, right? But I don't think you, you are a warrior or you're a gardener. I think you can do both. 
right? You can you can make sure that you have your life together, that you know whatever you work out, you're fit, and you you prioritize money and whatever it is. But you can also learn the other stuff. You can also learn to garden at the same time, right? Train for half the day in the gym, lifting boulders and fighting bears and and climbing mountains, and then go to the dog garden and plant a flower and and water a plant and and trim a trim a bush or whatever, trim a hedge, and and uh, you know uh, fenestrate the the soil to put seeds and you know learn both sides because I think they're both they're both uh, integral now you know. The, the the roles of masculine and feminine i think we can like get let go of them a little bit we can do a bit of both i think we're evolved enough to say okay you know what you know the men don't have to be the hunters and gatherers anymore we could we could do that we could also like take care of kids we could be good dads and we could be very present and teach our kids and play with our kids and and love and and, and uh, be soft with our children we could do that and the moms they can do that too and they can you know chase their passion, chase their dream and, and chase, you know, be, be, um, aggressive, be, you know, uh, competitive and, and go, you know, achieve greatness outside of being a mother. Right. And we can like break these rules. I, we're, I want that for my son and my daughter. Right. I don't want them to be trapped in whatever box we as a society made like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we can recreate that box to be wider to give them more possibility, more freedom, right? That That's what we value is freedom. We value choice. And there's the debate of whether or not we have free will, but whatever, you know, I act act like we do. That's my, that's what I heard from um, one of the doctors I used to work with. Um, I asked her, um, do you think we have free will? And she says, I don't know, but I act like I do. Maybe we don't have free will, but my actions are my responsibility so i'm going to be responsible for them and treat them that way and i i really resonated with that because i think that that discussion that debate is something i've had many times and i that's my conclusion as well so <laughs> free will um so most of our lives are in a garden chances are you don't have to be a warrior if you don't want to be most people don't even want to be you know, warriors, people who die, people who go to battle all the time. You know, maybe we can train to be warriors. Maybe we don't have to go to war. Um, and then being a warrior is also not just about being strong and fit and stuff. It's being like having mental fortitude in like more than one way, not just like physically, but like mentally and emotionally and not letting your emotions get the best of you, right? Like a warrior, a warrior isn't just like a brute. A warrior, like if you think of a Spartan, they were skilled, Right. If you think about like a samurai warrior, they have values, they have they have things that they care about, a code that they live by. They they you know care about honesty and they, they care about trust and loyalty and integrity, dignity, these things. Like those are important parts of being a warrior too. So don't forget those parts. Um Yeah, I don't know. Again, maybe some of this stuff is obvious, but I honestly think like I've been watching like I've been, I'm on the internet, right? And I see what kind of sometimes a lot of like the male content out there is talking about. And a lot of time it's like about this stuff. It's about being a warrior, you know, turning, you know, turning your emotions off and, and like disconnecting from everybody and, and whatever. And, and I think like sometimes it's comforting to like feel that way, to feel like a lone wolf. But man, we're not like we, we're social beings, man. Like all of us, men and women, you know, um, Maybe men find it a bit easier to be more lonesome and like there's a lot of lonely men, you know, out there. One less lonely man. That's what I'm, that's all I'm trying to do is get one less lonely man, you know. <laughs> that voice crack was on purpose. So before you say anything, that voice crack was on purpose. I'm a professional singer and I can crack my voice on purpose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Call, call Simon Cowell. Yep, that's right. Come pull out your phone. Pull your phone. Don't pause me. Keep listening. Call Simon Cowell. Call him and tell him. I just found your next star. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry if that was if that, <laughs> me, me saying that made you uncomfortable. That's weird. But um, yeah, just get yeah, get get him get Simon Cowell to call my people. I guess if you can. Thank you. If you're always at war, you will never be at peace. That's the last part of that quote. And uh, 
another part of it is is I think obviously part of emotional maturity is you know self love. We talked about self love already, or <laughs> I talked about it. You listened, but you know, I, I'll say we because we're doing we're in this together. Um, self love as well, and and that helps significantly with emotional maturity. I think I, I don't know. Maybe one comes before the other. I think maybe they happen kind of concurrently more so than anything. As one is developing, the other one starts to kind of develop as well. Because when you can love yourself, then you can start focusing on, you know, also like like, liking yourself and not needing other people to like you. Because the happiest people are okay with not being liked. Specifically not liked by everyone, but not liked by anyone as well, right? They're okay with not being liked by every single person. I have a huge problem with that. I just want to be liked by everybody that I meet. I want everybody to like me. I don't know, you know, I'm still working on that one. But like even when I, actually no, I'm, I'm actually, I've gotten better. Strangers, I don't try to get strangers to like me anymore. But if I'm like, okay, I've seen this person multiple times or I work with them or I, um, you know, they try to talk to me or I keep seeing them at the same place, then I try to. But most of the time, actually, yeah, I'm give, I should give myself more credit. I don't do that with everybody, but if I think that we have a chance of developing some type of friendship, um, if I'm going to be seeing you consistently enough, then then I will, then I care a lot about you liking me. Um, but I think the less you care about strangers, people that you don't even like, unless you care about them liking you, uh, the happier happier you are. And and you can get to the almost to the point where even like the people that like were important to you at some time you realize sometimes like sometimes you really don't get along with them, but they're really close with you or like they've been close with you or they're part of your life or whatever. And, and sometimes you get to a point where like, I mean, I don't even know if we like each other, right? And that's okay. Like maybe, maybe we don't right now or maybe, you know, things are like this and that's okay. But if I keep trying to get you to like me when I don't think you actually like me, then, you know, it's, it's going to just be bad for both of us. So we'll get to a point maybe when we do like each other and, but right now we're not there. So stuff like that, you know, I think that it's better to be, again, that goes back to the expectation thing of like, um, if your expectation is that they're going to like you, then, you know, you're already putting your expectation far from reality because they don't even know you yet. And if they know you and then they like you, sure. But if they get to know you and they don't like you, you can't keep your expectation that they're, they're going to eventually like me. You have to then match the expectation of like, okay, well, they don't like me. And now you're done. You're cool. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Okay, I don't know. That's uh, that's more than enough. Um, I'm talking way too much, but you know, stuff like that. That's what's on my mind these days, and um, yeah, things are things are going well. This is I'm recording this before I'm going to go to um, Thailand, and I'm hoping maybe I might try to record some episodes in Thailand, and because that <laughs> that'll be a lot of time for reflection and thinking and. Maybe I'll try to ask some people um, that I meet because I always meet very interesting people when I travel, especially in hostels. Maybe I'll ask them to be part of an episode and have a little conversation about something. That would be nice. I'm saying this to you so then, then maybe now I'm, I've told somebody so I can hold myself accountable because I, I know I'm not great at keeping promises to myself. <laughs> so uh, keeping promise to you that I will try to do that, that I will do that. At least once, at the very least once, okay? Okay, if I don't, um, I don't know, stone me, I guess. I think that's fair. Let me know what you think. Uh, you know, some of you have, and I really appreciate you guys. Um, if you've listened and uh, whatever you think about it, uh, just even if it's two words, send them to me. Just It, it feels cool to know that you listened. Um, and you don't have to like give me like oh, your whole like here's my like 12 page synopsis of what I thought about your podcast you could just be like oh I liked it I'll, that's it you could just say that if you include like I liked this part that would that would be like a cherry on top but the main part of the ice cream is just knowing that you listen to it and and uh, or even a part of it or even a small part of it um, it's cool to, to kind of share and I think I think this is valuable stuff. I, I I'm sharing it not I gotta be more, you know, confident in that. I think I'm saying interesting and entertaining at times uh stuff. And um these are realizations that I think are important for me to have 
And I think other people, maybe maybe you've already had these realizations, but maybe you're also kind of in a similar realm as me or you've bounced around similar ideas and it's helpful to hear it from somebody else. Or maybe you've never thought about these things and you're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Um, but maybe it'll spark an idea later on and you'll have a conversation with somebody and be like, oh, I heard this guy on a podcast say that this quote or like kind of this thing, this analogy, and that kind of fits what you just said. So, oh, interesting, a pattern. I'm noticing things. Um, oh, Saf is so cool. What a cool guy. And like, I think he's like the funniest, coolest, funniest, coolest guy I know. Holy crap. That's, <laughs> I should go tell him that. Let me just message him right now and actually let me send him $100 just to like, you know, make his day. And a new Bugatti as well. <laughs> as well. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's your thoughts. You're thinking that, you weirdo. Not me. I'm just saying what you were thinking. And, uh, you can't be mad at me for that. Okay? So, cool it. Cool your jets. I gotta start saying cool your jets more. I think that's a cool uh, cool thing to say. You know, I've been collecting things. Let me, let me read you a, a couple things to say that I've, <laughs> that I've collected to end the pod. Don't be late and... Don't be late and bring... <laughs> Come on! I can read. I can read. Here we go. Don't be late and blame the traffic. Ooh, that's such a good one because I do that all of the time. I am so bad at that. And that's such a good call out for me. And I know for some of you too, I bet that I leave a little late and then the traffic also happens to be a little bit bad. But now I'm like going to be kind of really late and I blame all, I blame the whole thing on traffic when I also kind of left a bit late. So, you know, don't, yeah, don't shirk the, or don't uh, shunt the blame to something else instead of yourself when you know you did something wrong. Uh, yeah, that's a part of ego. That's a part of emotional maturity as well about being able to admit when you did something wrong and then sitting with that feeling and that kind of a little bit of guilt, a little bit of, oh, I'm kind of crappy. It's un uncomfortable, but it's important. Uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like collecting jokes and stuff. Oh, this joke. Um, I love Steve Urkel. It was so funny how he never knew whether or not he did that. You know, sorry. Sorry, again. Uh, uh, just, you know, other stuff um, that I think is funny that I'm going to include here. And maybe you do too. And if you don't, well, you wasted your time and that's your fault. All right. Thanks for listening. Listen to the next one whenever it comes out. Uh, you know as much as I do. And we'll, uh, or actually it'll, it should come out, you know, after this Thailand trip. I will, I will edit it and stuff when I get back. Okay. Bye. Enjoy yourself. Um, love yourself. I love you. And I love me. Peace. I'm out.